spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Tonight, on a suspiciously cogent episode of No Fucking ZD, we're talking Tony B keeping his eye on the tiger, Carmela's romance with the guidance man, and why certain sources of pleasure all happen within the same radius. We haven't punched in yet, this is still our time. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Welcome to No Fucking ZD. Woo! <laughs> uh, I would honestly just listen to that cassette tape every single day. Yeah. When I was a when I was just a, a wee little boy, a gentle young boy listening to Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer. I, I mean that that song is like it felt so badass when we were young. So yeah, yeah. The the that intro there, the fade in with that cool effect. Yeah. Fucking Edge, man. <laughs> He's the man. He's the Edge. <laughs> uh, he made up that name. He did, yeah. I, I, well, that's not his birth name. You don't think his parents <laughs> named him the Edge when he came out? It might be biblical, actually. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Uh, th- now that you mention it, right? Um, but right. also, shout out to the Weird Al version, <laughs> which you just showed me tonight for the first time about but. being in the dentist's office. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. We are talking about uh, sentimental education tonight. Yep. And yep. Uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with uh, Carmela going back to school. That's the big storyline this, in this episode. Kind yeah, of and to doing wait- like a Happy Gilmore type thing. Yep, 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 yep. And um, and uh, it's interesting in this episode. This is the episode where she fires James Comey. Right. Right. And uh, then Trump tweets. Yeah. The no fucking ZD guys better hope there are no tapes <laughs> before they start leaking them. <laughs> Little does he know, we record everything. <laughs> Everybody's like, no, please stop recording. Yeah, basically. That's I get one tone deaf joke per week. That's fine. That's cool. Well, that's allowed. Yeah. Um, I get I get a lot, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we get shit about it anyway. It's all uh, about adding value. You know, that's what I've learned in the in the industry. Right. Maximum value. Maximum even. value. Yeah. But yeah, I, Carmela, Carmela going back to school. It's one of my favorite things because um, she sucks at dating, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, she's not very experienced. Um, poor I th- thing. I think it's been, I think Tony's at least said, right. <laughs> Tony called her a poor thing poor before thing. when he said that she'd only been with him, which... It's going to be in Marco Polo. That's or, coming up. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. That is coming up. Um, After which, they play Marco Polo, the pool man. Mm, um, it, do we think that's definitely true? I mean, obviously, she uh, she kissed Victor Musto. And yeah. she had some, uh, you know, uh, religious ceremonial sex with F- Father Phil back in college. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, she, and there was a guy, I forget his name now, you'll probably remember, the guy who, who has like the, the franchise of stores in New Jersey now, um, that she could have uh, married Angelo something. Yeah. Um, Angelo Stampha. Right. So maybe she's... All I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, do we think that's true? Is this the second man that Carmela's ever slept with? Well, that's actually, I, I can't believe, like, you're, like, I didn't even think this was going to be a topic. I didn't but now, either. Now this, the episode's about this, I now guess. Now we're going in, though. Um, do, you, do you think that she would lie to Tony, saying well, that it was her first time? Oh, no, I don't know about that, but... With him? No, but, like, oh, if she oh, banged oh. Angelo Stampha back in the day, who has a chain of drugstores, mm. um, like, if she did that, but then, like, Tony, you know, and her got together, do you think she would just tell him that... You know, like, oh, it's my first time. I'm like kind of scared, like that kind of thing. Mm, no, I don't know. Right? I, I feel like Tony's he's he's not very progressive in a lot of ways, but he's progressive enough to uh, understand that you know 
you know, people do it. People do it. <laughs> people do things. What do you think? She lived in a freezer before she met you? <laughs> um, but regardless, yeah, that was a weird, uh, weird little path we went down there. But, yep. you know, she's, yeah, she's bad at dating because she just has really no experience in it, I guess. Well, she's a little... She's a little needy. I mean, yeah. And and I, I think we can get into the nitty gritty of like her positioning herself to manipulate AJ's grades essentially. But right. she's a little bit like, I mean, we've talked about this, like with Vic Musto, she like, she's a house cat. And so she sees one guy and she's like, oh my God, my life could be completely different. And we, and, and like, I could decide to leave Tony and just marry Vic. And Vic is like, I think you're hot and stuff, but like, there's no Whoa. way Vic Musto is like, you know that far along in his mind with her. Right. And I think it's the same with uh, Captain Wegler. Right. The guidance man. The counselor man. <laughs> the guidance man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, she's, I guess, probably for one feeling, you know, she's middle-aged now and she's divorced and I'm sure uh, feeling maybe a little insecure about that and just kind of where her life's going. Yeah. And so it might kind of make sense that... Like more than normal. Right. More than normal. Right. Right. And she usually feels that way, but normally she would just go to her priest in the past and uh, that would kind of satisfy it. Um, <laughs> Get her right back on track. Now... Now, uh, I think she's really feeling it and yeah, probably feeling, I don't want to say desperate, but in that neighborhood, you know, she's just kind of feeling like, oh my God, uh, what's going to happen to my life at this point? And so maybe the first guy who kind of gives her some attention, she just latches onto like that. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I think that like, she's not getting any like attention worth a damn from AJ cause he's being no, a little dickhead. None whatsoever. Um, um, and then, you know, Meadows off doing her thing. Yeah, Meadows, um, she's Jamie Lynn Descala this season. Um, she was married for a short time there. Oh, th and was this when she married Turtle? Uh, <laughs> did she marry Turtle in the end? I don't I don't know. Actually, am I getting uh, her mixed up with someone yeah. else? <laughs> they dated. They did date for a while. Um, <laughs> or maybe that was just on Entourage. Just and I no, rumors. <laughs> I have no conception of real life in yeah. TV anymore. Um, she's not, a, she's, yeah, she's barely in the show. AJ has moved back in, but still just kind of spends his whole time on the phone with Devin. And yeah, Carmel is just and, really lonely. And perfecting that pissy look on his face, yeah. which is one of the most <laughs> solid burns of maybe the entire series. Yes. Um, uh, you can, you can totally, speaking of AJ, like who's just a, a brat in the highest order this episode. You can he totally sort of deserves to be a brat at this point though. Well, his yeah. parents are getting divorced. It sucks. It's tough. It's totally tough. Um, bouncing around from house to house and also just trying to be a regular teenage kid. I, I'd imagine is, is certainly tough, but then again, look who his parents are. I mean, what I was going to say is, you know, there's that, that scene when the three of them kind of meet in the in the uh the great room i guess to discuss yes. whether or not he's going to move back in the great room and tony and and aj are sitting next to each other sitting next to each other on the couch and i just can't help but think you know like as as tough as tony seems now as an adult he was probably a lot like aj back in the day just kind of his own whiny bone version of a whiny brat you know I, I get the feeling he was never as much of a puss as aj though Probably not. Well, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, we we see him in flashbacks a couple times, and in Tony's mind, I guess, which is our way into the flashback, he doesn't right. come off like a pussy. But you know, yeah, he certainly doesn't remember wearing a mud vein shirt back right. in the day. <laughs> well, <laughs> true. Um, but I still think the apple really doesn't fall all that far from the tree, and you can kind of see uh, that AJ is slowly turning into the adult version of uh, of Tony. I think. I think starting you're right. around now. You I know? think you're right. And and I think that that like like Tony's fingerprints are all over this episode in right. in because it's not really a very Tony intensive episode. Yeah, he's he's um, in a handful of scenes, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we've gotten a lot of Tony lately. Mm -hmm. And um 
uh, by the way, I just loved in the last episode, guess I loved hearing you say, guess who went down on Tony Soprano? That's my favorite thing in the world. That and that, that and he fuck you better than me. Suck your cock better than me. Um, that one was tough to say. Yeah, I could get the guess who went down on Tony Soprano one, I think in one take, but the yeah. other one was really tough. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. But like, but the thing is like Tony, Tony's fingerprints all are all over people. Like, not only AJ being kind of a whiny puss and being a dick about things and being lazy, but also uh, Carmela not really understanding how the world works completely. Yeah. And kind of not putting her energy where it really should be in terms of getting AJ's grades in order. Right. She's trying to kind of game the system. You know, like we were talking about with the ADD thing in the last episode. Right. Yes. She's looking for any kind of in that could maybe, you know, she's looking for the easy way out or the easy way into college, I guess, in this, yeah. in this particular. She's looking for Enron type connections. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I think I gave uh, Wegler a hard time in like the last episode or two episodes ago saying that you he was a fucking hard on about this guy. I know. I know. Um, but yeah. saying that he was like kind of being more of an asshole. And I, like, I guess in my head, I remembered him using Carmela more than Carmela using him because they had sex once. Well, right. <laughs> Right. Oh wait, twice. Or twice. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you think that Carmela is consciously trying to to do that, or it's more that you know? Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Is that she sort of? Ha- it's a combination of things. Like, first of all, she has sixteen year old itis, where yeah. she's like, "He kissed me. We're getting married. That's it. It's mm-hmm. like gonna bloom into this beautiful thing with the picket fence and like all that shit. Mm-hmm. A picket fence and a Lexus, which is right. like what she wants, you know? <laughs> um, or like some sort of wall and a Lexus, I suppose. Right. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so she just jumps to that really quickly and you can tell that she's emotionally very young in that way. Mm. And I suppose like that's a luxury. I mean, look, you can't take away from the fact that Tony and Carmela have been married for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. That takes work and guts, even if you're not married to Tony Soprano, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, so that's, that's, that's something, you know what I mean? And that takes a certain type of skill and in, in, uh, and, and a certain level of patience and maturity. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the actual dating side of it, she's like, she's very, very inexperienced and, right. and kind of bl- like blows things out of proportion a little bit. Yeah. And then, but then on the other side of it, there's also the fact that I don't think she knows any other way to operate in the world, you well, know? Right. Yeah. Because she loves, uh, not the act of it, but she loves being on the receiving end of strings being pulled. Like we're going to experience this very soon when she, uh, starts building her spec house, yes, which is just riddled with issues. She's completely incompetent, basically. And to boot, she has her dad, who, while not complete, being completely incompetent, like, kind of also doesn't help much, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so all I'm saying is that like she, she's just she's a little dysfunctional, yeah, I think, and doesn't really get how this stuff works. And also, I don't think she gets the idea of space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like. You know, Vic, <laughs> Vic Musto, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, uh, Mr. Wegler goes down on her once and she's like, you know, she's she manages very skillfully to manipulate him into going and 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 put the arm on putting the arm on uh, Mr. Fisk, as right. he says, <laughs> which is the hardest scene to watch, basically. Yeah, yeah, that and maybe in the breakup scene, I guess. But um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and Mr. Regular certain certainly had a hard time with that as well. That like you know, a massive hard time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, I guess let's let's back up and kind of explain what we're talking about here. Um, what are we talking about? I don't about? know. But uh, yeah, I mean, so so AJ's having trouble in school. Um, she last week or the week before got called in to talk to Mr. Wegler. We see some flirtations there. Uh, yep, this yep. week she shows up basically topless into his office. Yo, that cut is amazing because <laughs> she's like th- she's like trying to figure out what to wear and in her robe, and then there's that quick cut to the door opening and those tits, man, with the two gold chains like caressing yeah. them. Carmela's looking great. She's looking better than ever this season. She's getting a little spray tan action. Yeah. She's re- she's really she like jumped forward a few decades. She did in her look. She does. She looks good. She looks really good, and she's flaunting it. And why not? You know, I mean, she she should. She's she's got it. You know, so she and- she brings it to. Wegler, he likes it, and they, uh, you know, strike up a little thing. Yeah, it's this is like the beginning of. Isn't there a porno about this? Like someone goes to the the guidance counselor and is like, "But my son has terrible grades. What can I do?" <laughs> like this is like sort of a porno. Movie. Basically, yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah, I, when they started playing that jazz music underneath the scene, I thought that was very strange. <laughs> what uh, porno are you watching with jazz? Uh, <laughs> the Dave Brubeck porno. <laughs> like Dave Brubeck porno. <laughs> uh, um, that, that would I would actually love to watch some porno listening to Dave Brubeck just as a as that. a laugh. <laughs> just. Just watch that with like Ryan Gosling from La La Land, and he's, just, he's explaining jazz to you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be some sexy shit. So jazz was invented by white people. Right. That's, that's what I found <laughs> that's out. That's jazz, baby. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, so they start dating. She's, as you said, she's she's really infatuated. They're both infatuated. I think they're both kind of like, all right, we're we're people of a certain age now. Let's be real, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, I think he's genuine, genuinely smitten with her as much as she is with him, and they, yeah, they do genuinely like each other. Um, and uh, well, it, she's cool. She is cool. Yeah, and 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 I guess I kind of remembered him being more condescending, like when he's like, "You're so unpretentious," and he kind of is in a way. Like I think he loves being the smart one in the relationship, which yeah, she's sure. kind of this like. You know, he thinks of her as kind of lower class, I would say, or at least lower intelligence for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like a power play. Like he gets to like date the mob guy's wife, but still be the powerful one. And like he, I think he enjoys it a little bit. You, you think know? the mob guy thing factors into it for him? Well, I think it does. I think it's like another one of those. You know, the mob is so it's like uh, Kuzumano's like just dropping f bombs all over the place after hanging out with Tony. I think there's just like a little extra pep in your step when you think like you're like, yeah, I'm like in with the tough crowd now. You I, know, I guess so. It doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to work on it, but it certainly doesn't work on him as well as Kuzumano. No, it doesn't. And I think like when he goes to talk to Mister Fisk, I mean, I think I think there is some excitement there, and there's some like there's it's alluring to kind of be. Uh, you know, feel like you're part of that, that world. And so he gets to go sort of be tough for a second. Um, you know, strong arm someone, the only way he really knows how, which is just telling them to change a grade. Well, now now that you mention it, it, if, if you put it in that context, that whole conversation is like, it's even, it's even more cringy because oh yeah he like is trying to be so tough, but he sounds like a school administrator. Yeah, exactly. He can't like, bust the guy's chops really right he has to be like 100 percent official about everything it's, 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 are you insinuating that this is about his background you know like that <laughs> right. kind of thing and right. like you're just like whoa this is not a tough moment which yep. is why it's even harder for him you know what i mean like because he's just like plowing through this thing where he's 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 a school administrator you know yeah exactly i think like the reality kind of hits him after that and that's when it's yeah. kind of like whoa what am i doing here you know like it's yeah. it's like you know, I don't know. I think of I think of the thing he said in terms of like parallels with what Tony would say, like mm. like when he's like, 
well, as dean of college admissions and head of your department, I happen to know its impact. Right. And that's like Tony saying, respect the fucking ra- respect the title, you fucking jerk off. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a captain now. Kind yeah, of thing, I'm a, you, you know? don't talk to me that way. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, don't totally. put it, Vito. Totally. You think Rhett Wegler would have thrown a sandwich at him if they were at Satriel? <laughs> <laughs> Just like a really sad PB and J or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one that he packed himself yeah. like a fucking moron <laughs> in a sandwich bag. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I think that's really kind of what it comes down to is, is, uh, you know, he's, he feels that allure. Um, and then I think things become kind of crystal clear for him at that point. Like, Oh, who am I getting involved with here for real? You know? And, um, and And he's losing his morals and he can't, right. He can't live with that. And that's, that's a, that's a healthy reaction. Exactly. To that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think he's like partly right that Carmela is using him with her own the only weapon she has in a way but i also think i don't i just think that she's not like consciously thinking that okay i'm going to use the guidance man to uh <laughs> get get a uh, college boy into college over here i think it's more just like she's like you were saying she's so used to the world where that kind of, like you know that happens all like tony pulls the strings for her if, if any, like she could always fall back on tony um, that's so, totally true and, yeah. and and her shortcomings in many ways with tony at the at the helm have sort of been masked you know what i mean she doesn't have right. to deal with it quite as much you could kind of come in and fix it or you know uh ruin out someone else's life <laughs> in place of theirs oh you know? yeah totally yeah. but like but she doesn't have to think about that stuff and and like and and fisk actually brings up a good point he's like what about the kid that really breaks his ass in right here? right what does that mean and he calls him fredo corleone which is the first time that anyone mentions it in the show, but it's like 100% true. Oh, that, that AJ, or that, that AJ is Fredo. Yes. <laughs> true. Totally, very true. Totally pathetic, ridiculous, like wouldn't, you know, can't survive, you right. know? Um, right. I mean, Meadow is like sort of the Michael of the family. If you think about it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so I'm trying to think of who James Con would be, but we're out of we're out of siblings you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I mean, I he's she's manipulative. I mean, she has one thing on her mind. But well, yes, she's but she's clear. She clearly knows what she's doing, which is yeah. why I think she gets so upset when he tells her off. Partially. Yeah. Or may, uh, actually, that could go both ways. But the thing is, like, I think that I think she realizes either way when he when he accuses her of this and breaks up with her mm. um that she know she it occurs to her that it is true and that and I think that's why she's so upset and I think yeah. it's also upsetting to her because she's used to getting what she wants you right, know right right and and she's used to having some leverage because she's in a marriage you know and she can she can lean on Tony a little bit in mm. specific ways but this guy like just won't you know he won't rise to the bait right yeah. And she even kind of try like, you know, when she's walking out, she says that he better watch his back. And, you know, so even there, yeah, she better falls right back step. into a watch your step. She falls right back into um, this mob wife kind of mentality. Yeah, it's the second know? time, actually, we've seen her do that when uh, when uh, Arena calls. Oh, right. Uh, she goes, we have got guns here. Right. <laughs> I will kill you. Right. <laughs> Which I think that might have been true if, if Arena ever showed up at the house. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. Um, the whole concept of, of uh, these these mob wives, you know, like going for for cold justice like that. Because Adriana says a similar thing. That's true. In the yeah. last episode. Last episode, yeah. And she's more believable, though. Uh, she sells it better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carmela would just be like... 
you know, Tony talks about the old school mob bosses who smiled and nodded and then you got yours later. I feel like that's more Carmela's style. Like yeah. Adriana would like rip your hair out and scratch your face with her long fake like, pig, like Jerry fingernail. Springer style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Adriana was more the reality TV generation, uh, whereas Carmela was a little more old school than that. Um, yeah, but good she, call. she does. Uh, I mean, th- in this episode, she goes and gets that gun. Um, and which I really like because they kind of bring back. It, she did the same thing, obviously, in the season premiere to get the guns for uh, for Benny uh, when right. he's coming up. And you kind of think at the time, like, oh, they're showing us this for a reason. It's going to come back in some big way. You might, you know, you might kind of think that at some point, yep. there's going to be a showdown at the Soprano household, and that's where the grenade. They're the going to need it, right? If this was uh, 24, there would definitely be like some lot, some like assault on precinct. 13 yeah. type situation where they need that hand grenade right at some point <laughs> you know? yeah like like meadows getting kidnapped and taken out in uh you know phil's cadillac <laughs> we have to throw a fucking <laughs> uh, grenade at them yeah uh yeah i mean it's cool because it, it kind of breaks that rule of if you show a gun in act one you have to have it go off in act three and we're not in act three yet but like it yeah. doesn't go off and um i like that it kind of actually ties things back to that bear which i think they do intentionally a couple times in this episode yep um well the gun it, represents tony well, the gun in both in both yes, instances, you it know, does. it does. Benny has to pick up that that like ridiculously enormous gun, you right. know, when Which in like all reality, like all you would need to get a bear to get the fuck out of there is a BB gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not even just like a, a match. <laughs> probably <laughs> get them to run away. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, oh, OK, I'm so, out of here. Cell phone flashlight, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, but like and then and then when she sleeps with the gun, I, I do think that that's like a little bit of a Tony uh, like, you know, she that protection that he mm. offers. I yeah. think that that's his shadow, so to speak. You Partly, know? yeah. Um, but there's the scene where uh, he shows up in the middle of the day um, and kind of sneaks up on her. And just the way they frame it, he's just this black silhouette and just, you know, this big hulking black uh, backlit silhouette. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to kind of be like the bear. And then, of course, he goes right out back and just jumps in the pool and just like kind of splashes around like a big, huge animal like the bear. And, you know, just I think underpants. So I think that, you know, that they they kind of use that a couple times this season, obviously in episode one, mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in one of the final shots of the season when he comes through the bushes at the end. But Tony is this bear who just kind of won't get out of Carmela's backyard and just trashes everything and, you know, kind of ruins everything around her. Damn. Yeah. And Fuck, man. <laughs> Come on. Oh, you gotta I win. stop doing this shit. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. I was telling Brendan I keep watching the episode for the week, like stoned or or late at night or something. I have all these amazing ideas that I forget to write down. All these parallelograms and stuff. <laughs> and I never remember them. And then he comes in with this fucking slam dunk thingy uh, well i have i have the garage with the big i have everyone's picture on the wall and the yarn going from <laughs> thing to yarn, thing and yeah. uh yeah you can't see me but i haven't shaved in months and i just look <laughs> I, I look like uh tom hanks in the end of castaway <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's like a beautiful mind <laughs> like all the yeah, newspaper exactly. clippings and stuff um, yeah uh can we jump back into a little bit more of the inner workings of the wegler carmella yeah. relationship I want to talk about an old friend. We haven't seen him in a good long time. Mm. Our favorite pervert, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Father Phil. Um, He's corny as ever. Yes. And very jealous. His his earnestness like burns my eyes a little bit when I'm watching the show. Yeah. Um, He's, it's, it's interesting in this episode how there are a few situations where, um, where other people assume the position of boss in the moment. Mm. It, this, mm. I think this episode is all about power dynamics. Yeah. Um, 
So I wrote a rap about it. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's all about power dynamics. Like you were mentioning that scene where, you know, AJ wants to move back mm. and uh, mm-hmm. they're sitting there, they're sitting there talking to each other about that. And Carmela is kind of se- seated in the boss position. The boss sits alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's, and then it's, AJ and Tony that are like waiting to see the boss. Yes. Sort of who come in. And, and also Tony is like quite, uh, he's, he's, he's quite, uh, I don't know what the word, he seems, he seems miffed in that scene. Mm. Like he's not in control and, and Carmela's the one who's sitting there. She's very stoic. She has it. And then father Phil kind of, kind of takes that on a little yeah. bit. Uh, when he gets, as Carmela puts it, I don't know, hostile, um, <laughs> which is like a great way to put it. Um, and he does that that whole thing where he's like kind of just stare. He's like, I don't know. What do you mean hostile? Like that right. vibe. Yeah. And then when the guy comes over with the pepper and they don't even show him in the frame, it's just his hands. And Father Phil just kind of like moves his head to the side <laughs> and he doesn't break eye contact with Carmela while he's getting his pepper <laughs> ground on there. And it's a lot of pepper. Like, I don't know how many times they shot that scene, but that pasta was certainly ruined. I, I know. The guy just won't stop. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's kind of like he's like a... Uh, uh, that's his out of the conversation there, I guess a little bit too, you know, yeah. he's like, okay, uh, maybe I've gone too far here. Uh, yes, well, more pepper, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he, he like assumes that Don kind of thing, yeah. you know, the very calm, but like intimidating, like I hold all the cards type moment. Yeah. Um, that's a great scene between her and father Phil. Actually the two scenes that we get to check in, it is sort of like the Greek chorus of the episode. He is, I mean, let's be honest. He, he is Carmela's Melfi. You know, in some right. respects. Yes, definitely. And so when she goes and she talks to him about it, like we're seeing that they that both of them need outlets because they're not married. They don't really have the companionship that they're used to. Carmela and Tony. Carmela and yeah, Tony. Right. Yeah. So Tony's back in therapy. Carmela's seeing her priest again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know if she was seeing him before and we just haven't seen him ourselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she goes and she's like telling him about how she wants to date this dude, which is like totally inappropriate for a priest. Let's be honest here. You know. To, for um, her to say it yeah well yeah it's just like the, the, it's not a you don't gossip with a priest you know what i mean yeah. rabbi maybe but, <laughs> right, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but i mean it's like, different but but when but she's saying all that stuff and and he uh, kind of i don't know he his his vibe is really cool and then and then that 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 confessional that she does and mm-hmm. i wasn't raised catholic but mm-hmm. I, I i think that i had sex with that man is <laughs> like not really the way that you're supposed to approach that sort of thing uh it was usually not i guess am but, i correct i mean well, like I, yeah i never went in there and said that but uh <laughs> you didn't you didn't, didn't so, so you didn't tell tell the priest at your high school like hey i'm, I'm trying to finger bang sally may over here <laughs> you know and then you get into confessional like i finger bang that girl you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't really remember confession all that much I, like i went a couple times because you'd have to for um one of the sacraments. I don't remember what it is now. And uh, Catholicism. Right. Just general. Yeah. yeah. You have to go to confession before your baptism as an infant, actually, <laughs> and just tell them everything. Um, but yeah, she uh, certainly gets very personal very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he is trying to, uh, he, th- father Phil, come on. Yeah. He's totally just Let's live in the now completely jealous. Just totally jealous. Just, you know, I mean, God he, damn it. You did it again. I didn't even realize that. Well, right. I mean, well, I, I think yeah, at least that's completely like, correct. How am I missing all of these things? <laughs> I think he's just like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. He can't, uh, it's like you're banging someone else. Yeah. 
and I have never banged anyone. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. I, at least we don't think. Who knows? Who really knows? Hey, that's a spinoff I would watch. The Father and Tintola yeah, show? Yeah, come to think of it, yeah. Just him just like fighting off his sexual urges all the time <laughs> and trying well, to be a good well, guy. And, and like eating food erotically. <laughs> <laughs> the, the story of a man gaining 500 pounds because he wants to just the, do it. The, but no, mob priest. Like yeah. that, that would be so good. There should be something like that. Actually, we shouldn't. We should say no more because God someone's gonna it. steal this I- brilliant again, idea from us. Another million million dollar idea. Yeah. Um. So uh, I guess we should uh, wrap up for the break. But uh, yeah, I mean, God, Carmella. How, yeah. How long did I talk about Father and Zentola? Uh, a full twenty nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. Shit. I'm we, sorry, guys. <laughs> Carmella ultimately comes to the realization that you know we'll talk about Tony B in the second half. Um. He kind of comes to the same realization in a different way that. You know, once you're in with Tony, there's just no getting out. You know, she unfortunately realizes, has probably known all along that she's kind of trapped in a a uh, Tony Soprano prison, really, you know? Well, you know, I mean, I was just thinking that, like, I think she's afraid of changes because she's yes. built her life around Tony. <laughs> 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 and, you know, time makes you older and mm-hmm. their children are certainly older mm-hmm. and, She's getting older too, yeah, <laughs> and so is. and so I think I'm I I just think that she's you know coming to the realization that you know like if Tony's out of her life the landslide might you know <laughs> bring her down absolutely <laughs> could have said it better myself. <laughs> With that, let's take a little break. We'll come back and talk about uh, uh some Tony B and uh, his uh, his new uh, loafers <laughs> and the Korean people and uh, oh, uh, Mr. Kim and his daughter and is, uh, some a, snacks this is the shortest subplot in the history of Sopranos other than that yeah. guy getting shot in the foot at the bakery by Christopher <laughs> and, and, True. and it's one of the best ones I'm so excited alright alright we'll be right back No fucking ZD is brought to you by the massive heart on. What is going on with you, Maria? I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay, and I pity any girl who's in me today. I feel charming. Ah, lovely. Little West Side Story there. We're so brutal on Carmela here. She, uh, yeah, I mean, she, uh, she feels like Maria, right? Yeah. She feels pretty. <laughs> Poor thing was starved for it, apparently. <laughs> uh, Can, welcome back. I mean, you, you, you mentioned something to me a minute ago, and we were, we were talking about the line mm, yes. that, that AJ mentions. Right, in the meeting, uh, right? And the right little after. sit down, or the, right after a little something sit down like meeting that. that they have. Um, yeah, they do have a sit down, actually. That's a, sit a, down, that's a yeah. good way to put it. With some, uh, uh yeah. Um, he says something like, well, I guess she or she accuses him first of, of uh, having to just basically change his behavior if he's going to move back in, right? right. And some, that, oh, actually, we should mention there's some non-negotiable ground rules, right? Which is right. a line that comes up we'll later. Come back up, yep. Um, and so you're right. Sorry, <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just staring at my drink. Um, yeah. So she basically calls him out or says that there's going to be no more uh, bad language or anything like that. And he says back, uh, after 16 years of uninterrupted potty mouth from you guys, I get to change. And essentially, I get to change how I'm talking. Yeah, I, I get and, slammed. And and I, I and I was saying to Brendan, I'm like, dude, that line is one of those like 
one of those lines like we've talked about that's like mm-hmm. as Mr. Wegler puts it suspiciously cogent <laughs> <laughs> which you could say about our podcast sometimes which you could say about our podcast yeah but like <laughs> i mean but that that that's like someone someone went overboard writing for AJ there right and uh, that writer would happen to actually be uh, one Matt Weiner, Matthew Weiner, who would ah. go on to uh, for great to a great success journey to uh, <laughs> Mad Men in just a couple well, years after this. Well, episode. we caught his ass fucking red-handed there because, like, we were talking about that line, and and Brendan was like, you know, this was Matt Weiner's first episode, yeah. and so stop writing for other writers, Matt. Busted. In the words of Don busted. Draper, I'm going to use your own words on you. Just he's busted. S- stop writing for other writers. <laughs> Uh, Matt Weiner, huge, he, huge fan of the pod, by the way. He's so brazen, he doesn't even deserve clemency. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right coming from you. Because <laughs> um, I'm not Joan, Joan Holloway. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to, that was, uh, sometimes we have these amazing moments off camera. Oh, yeah, you guys should be here for it. <laughs> you guys should just be here all the time. Should we do this in front of a live audience? We should We should think about that at some point. Someone was telling us about that, right? There's like a pasta place in Brooklyn where you can do a podcast there in is, front of people. There is. They do not have ZD on the menu, which I think was good for our brand. Um, they have angel hair though, and fuck mm, angel hair. Yeah, and I never liked the angel hair stuff. Angel hair is such shit; it can't hold the sauce on right. Yeah, no, not into it. Um, Bill Burr actually did a great rant on his podcast once oh. about how he got a pasta maker for his for Christmas or something from his girlfriend, and it came with an angel hair adapter. But the spaghetti adapter is extra because they know everyone wants that one. Mm. And he went on this long rant about how much angel hair pasta sucks. They give you the shitty one for free. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, angel hair pasta is fucking stupid. It can't even hold the sauce. It's it is amazing. Stupid. Not not a fan. Not a, not a fan at all. Um, a Bill Burr, I am, of course, but angel hair pasta oh, yeah. can get the fuck out of here. Get the ask fuck out of here. No fucking angel hair. <laughs> yeah, changing the podcast name <laughs> this week is no fucking angel hair, and I'm going to really a do lot, that. much ZD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, we'll take the ZD instead, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Completely. Um. So, Tony B, nice little spotlight episode for him here. Um. We're midway through the season, and, you know, his plot is starting to really pick up because he, of course, plays a major role in the second half. And uh, it's, of this of the season of the season, yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Um, his story really it's it's not too dissimilar from Carmela's. You know, he also is trying to kind of get away from the life, quote unquote. But yeah. really, I mean, you know, on the show, that's getting away from Tony, and um, he kind of was free from his own kind of his own prison, if you will, to quote Creed, one of the greatest rock bands of the 1990s. Give it up for Creed <laughs> and. Uh, uh, so both he and Carmela are trying to get away from the black hole that is Tony and neither of them can. And, um, that's it. So we'll see you next week on no fucking ZD. And, uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's talk uh, about specifics. I think if I, what, what's really cool, I mean, we can talk about his relationship with Kim mm. because that's a, that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great subplot and it's a great sort of contrast in terms of immigrant stories. Mm. Um, very good call yeah because True. you know Kim came over he lived with his uncle worst in a prison mm-hmm. I love how we get some some humanity from Kim mm-hmm. and we find out why he's so serious you know yeah, because right. he's like he's talking about like I mean what it took for him to build this up legitimately you know what I mean right and he he works his balls off and and he's he's he is kind of a don in his own way he wears the shirts and like yeah. yep. you know True. and he has a True. gun in his in his desk you know you <laughs> right. have a gun in your desk and, True. True. and 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 he he sees a lot of similarities between him and tony blendetto right what's unfortunate is that he uh i mean you know tony is kind of uh doing his best but 
it turns out that Kim's initial kind of read of Tony Blundetta was correct, that he's professional right. criminal. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not too, uh, again, I mean, to compare him to Carmella, like Mr. Yeah. Wegler sees Tony and Carmella and sees that lifestyle in Carmella and just kind of assumes like, well, if, if she's been associated with these types of people, she must be that way too. Mr. Kim kind of looks at uh, Tony B and thinks the same, you know, well, that, I see what yeah. your background is. So, so that truck that gets stolen probably has something to do with you and your, uh, and uh, your mob guy friends. Yeah. And, and actually it's interesting because they have these parallel things where they, where Mr. Kim and Mr. Wegler both kind of at, at, at one point believe in, in what they're doing, mm. you know? Yeah, and for the, sure. And they feel good about the situation and they, and they, they kind of, uh, I don't know if they see a transformation per se because they don't know these people that well, but they mm. kind of they, they they buy it. You know what I mean? After right. a while, right? And then it goes pear shaped on both of them, right? Um, it's interesting that I I you know I re- actually read that in the original version, uh, the draft of this show, uh, Carmela and Mister Wegler are the ones that have the fist fight, and oh, uh, uh, yeah, and Carmela hits Wegler with a two by four, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's very <laughs> very interesting. She's just uh, sledgehammering the wall and he walks in and yeah. yeah Wegler's right. a pussy that kid, yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so his relationship with Kim is fucking really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that jumped out at me is like this whole massage thing is so interesting because he's working his ass off. I think that like the 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 massage uh I mean, aside from just being a brilliant thing for him to do, because it's like mildly offensive in so many ways to Tony <laughs> Soprano. Um <laughs> they it's it's a lot like trying to get made Mm -hmm. in the family yeah and he's going through all this stuff he's breaking his ass he's like he's kind of backsliding here and there it's just it's like it's like actually working for something Mm -hmm. but when he actually passes the test it is like by far the most like anticlimactic end to that whole road for him right they can't even say what his score was yeah the woman comes out and she's like i can only inform you blah 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 And he doesn't even realize it. And like you compare that to the making ceremony. I mean, like the, the woman doesn't come out at the at the at the testing place with like strippers and like a meat plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not nearly as cool as getting made. Right. And it's just the regularness of life and how anticlimactic and disappointing it generally is. Yeah, that I guess must so. be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, again, like we were talking about this last week, just how people kind of expect big, or maybe it was two weeks ago, but people expect big moments. I don't know. And it's they're all uh, the, 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 yeah. the weeks just run together for me. These days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, people expect big moments in life, and really, it's you know, they're little things like that, like someone in a really drab office just being like, "Yep, your life has changed now. Here you go." <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you know they aren't um, they aren't scored to a West Side Story soundtrack. You know, as much as we want to think that we kind of live inside our pop culture stories in our heads, you yeah, know, they're really just yeah, kind of like, totally. That's it. Oh, but we do. Well, we personally do. Based on the podcast, right. Our fame is without right it's beyond reproach. Well, we <laughs> should. I mean, we should let everyone. I mean, we are the main characters in life. <laughs> just so you guys know, like you guys are yes. side characters in our our story. Yeah. So don't get to uh you know don't uh, get up on your high horse anyone yeah. uh you know <laughs> That's why we have the cool music right um i have to say what someone else asked us a couple weeks ago one of our favorite uh malapropisms from the show and i actually forgot about this one but christopher telling him to keep his eye on the tiger is a great one <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really really good like one a bunch of different <laughs> chris's aa isms in this oh, episode God. are great like like fear knocked at the door 
Faith answered. <laughs> no one was there. And, and the look on Tony B's face when he says that, like it, that, that's one of those great scenes that 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 is really it's really well written and really well executed. Yes, because it's just kind of a clusterfuck of dialogue. It's, uh, the one in the back of Satrials you're talking about. With, yeah, because yeah. because Chris is, is is hitting him with all of this, like basically like yep. you know, like uh. uh essentially like Lisa like Hallmark poetry exactly the and, the, the guidance counselor poster yeah you know, exactly sayings, yeah. The, the, the motivationals yeah right, right. and then Polly's talking about just telling him to remember Pearl Harbor <laughs> <laughs> and then Vito's talking about biceps it's fucking it's an that's probably the best scene of the whole episode it's I gotta very be honest funny. and the I forget the exact wording but Polly asking like why your dick and asshole and everything is all in the <laughs> same general region sh- why do piss and shit and fucking take place within the same three inches or something like that I don't know but they're all sources of pleasure though <laughs> which hey. is from Vito hey Vito yeah. but uh, not just gay people like to poop I love no, of course not I, I like it at yeah. the right time I like just holding it in all day and then just letting it all go you Whoa. know what I mean oh boy <laughs> edit point uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I mean as soon as he passes of course uh, this very fateful moment of finding some finding $12,000 and some crack or crank on the side of the road <laughs> I knew you were going to mention this right uh well I mean you know of course like he gets he he has a test of of I guess morality or just um will or will right right away you know and I mean you were saying that you, f- you feel like the the this storyline's a little quick which I I kind of agree with I guess well the right? Kim storyline is yeah the, but but the yeah. but, but I I don't mean the Tony Blundetto transformation storyline okay yeah. I mean like this has been building up over a long period of time. Where I actually, I actually think it's not quick. Although some people might say it is because, like, he goes from at the beginning of this episode being like a hundred percent on the straight and narrow and like right. not really questioning it right. to like completely falling off. Yeah, but I think that we needed all the time that we took for him to experience the regularness of life. Yeah, and the disappointment, um, and just whatever it is we're all doing here. Yeah, um, but then. Like it doesn't take much. It, it doesn't take much more than a whiff of 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 this mafia life for him to be like, you know what? Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, I mean things come so easily to you when you're uh, when you don't have to work through the system, like you know, and and yeah, I, I, yeah all it takes is just a taste. And he's got friends, and exactly, and uh, and actually, he's you not brought- starting at the bottom there either. That's the other thing. He's not going to start washing cars, you right. know? Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, it's not like he's like Mr. Kim's cousin. You know, if he was, like he might just be a manager at the at the laundry place. But Right, right. Um, you actually brought up um, the, just the the cultural divide. And um, the uh, the guy who writes Sopranos Autopsy brought that up as well. So I think that's actually a really good point. The cultural, di- cultural divide between the Korean people well, and... Yes, but between like, Mr. Kim and Tony. B- between Mr. Kim and Tony, um, I mean, so this uh, the writer over there just brought up the point that um, Tony at the very end, when Tony Blundetto comes back to him, says that it's really hard doing business with strangers, right? You mm-hmm. know. And so there is kind of that like narrow-minded, small-world view for Tony Blundetto, where yes. it's kind of like, yes. yeah, I just I'm getting back into into the people I'm comfortable with, like my the other my you know family, I guess. Really, it's more about more than culture, I guess. But um, I just thought that was interesting that um, that that you brought that up as well. <laughs> Most of the things <laughs> I bring up are interesting. Right. I swear, <laughs> I, uh, agreed, <laughs> agreed. But yeah, I, I I think that, but it's also just like. We're we're given something in this episode that we don't see very often, which is yeah. a comparison to another immigrant culture that is doing things in. I I, I mean, 
not to generalize about like about Korean people, but but Kim in particular, it's it we're we're getting a comparison to an immigrant who has done something and done it really right mm-hmm. and and busted his ass and he's okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, um and. It's like it's like that scene in The Wire where the where the gardener man he is uh, <laughs> he's telling him like he's like man I used to have like a an SL like nice rims and like but he's but he's talking to a fuck I forget the guy's name in The Wire the boxing guy uh, Cuddy Cuddy yeah he's yeah. talking to Cuddy and he's like he's like you want to know what the straight and arrow is like it's this is it there's right. no there's no like there's no like light at the end of the tunnel or anything this is it you get up every day and you just are right like this. And, um, and Mr. Kim is down with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And he's, and he's got his own, fu- he's like a fucking conglomerate. He's got all these other businesses. He's, he's like trying to parlay this lease that he has. It's really impressive. Right. And I feel like that might be part of, um, I, I, I think that, that, that Tony Blundetto's sort of mob mentality comes back to bite him in the ass mm-hmm. because, he feels taken advantage of by Kim, but he's not, he's not seeing it rationally. Yeah, no, not at all. He's not, see, he's, he's, he's not seeing the fact that like, oh, this is really hard and rough, mm-hmm. but it's not because of Kim. It's because it's just like how it is. Yeah. And yeah, we're yeah. not cheating this time. Right. Yeah. No shortcuts or anything like that. No. And, and it's, I, I think it's a good thing because like we get parallels to other cultures and stuff like that, but not this sort of bluntly and not in a way that kind of like Mr. Kim as a character, I feel like is a, is a device for like sort of guilt tripping the whole concept of like, you know, the, the bullshit that the mafia guys kind of come up with, like the poverty of the mezzogiorno right. and all that stuff. Right. Right. They're kind of mocking the mafia with, with Kim. Yeah. I want to say, you know, oh, yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you find the, uh, him finding the money on the sidewalk a little too easy at all or like okay. what's your feeling about that so um after i watched this episode i was like oh i'm gonna i, I wonder if people think that tony put the money there people do actually that's the million dollar question there, yeah actually if you type the letter d into google <laughs> it says did tony soprano right. leave the money for tony tony blendetto the that's whole like that the, whole sentence it's the number one search right right um try it <laughs> and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I actually thought that was going to be something that you were going to bring up earlier, but like, that's, it's awfully, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a huge coincidence. It's, it's maybe a little much, um, but I guess like, I, I think the, the biggest complaints about this episode are that happening yep. and that, that it just all happens a little too fast that he, in one hour he goes from being like just you know doubling down on the massage parlor uh that sounds so weird to say and uh and then by the end of the hour <laughs> just going right back to tony but yeah i don't know how i feel about it i guess i i, I think it works i think that the, the sopranos to me kind of is just a collection of short stories and it just feels like another short story you know right. and um no I, and it, it so i don't know and also at a certain point like i don't remember how i felt the first time i watched it but i think i trusted the writers enough to be like okay this is probably gonna go someplace interesting every time i watch that episode i'm like god i would love to find a bag of money <laughs> i would just love to find a bag of crank really <laughs> oh <laughs> uh that's another edit point 
So you love to poop, and yep. and and you you're hoping for some crank, right? I'm gonna edit the two things I say out of this and leave what you just said in, so it just sounds very strange and out of nowhere. And then I'm not the weirdo. I'm the weird one. Yeah, exactly. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. I'll 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 I'll, I'll maintain that Paul Schaefer status. You know, <laughs> yeah, you do have those transitional lenses on all the time, and I shave my head every week yep, for the podcast. You do. You do. Um, so do you think that it's like okay? So the question on people's minds is. Did Tony plant that money? And yeah. okay, and and so if if we're going to say the answer is probably no. Yeah. Do you think that that question is arising as a result of sloppy writing that is a little bit too on the nose? Me, and ham-fisted? Yeah. Pro- probably. I think I think that So you think he didn't put it there but the writing is there. just a little bit like Well, I think that it's it's a little on the nose, definitely, but I think it's still ultimately fits in with with the sopranos kind of universe you know just these kind of weird coincidences happen sometimes and um yeah you yeah. know i mean it, it's it still seems to fit for me it's just it is maybe like a little it's a little easy you know it's, it's a like it's easy, a fine yeah. line it really could have been it could have been worse and i guess i guess also i just i think that because it's so self-contained you know it's not like this thing that that happens over the course of several episodes and really like um Affects develops to, yeah exactly it doesn't affect i mean i guess ultimately he winds up dead because he goes back to the mob life so it affects him quite a bit but it doesn't right. you know it doesn't drive the story in such a way that it's makes everything else feel cheap you know what i mean that's totally true i i, I do think it's a little bit too simple and like you know but the reason why it did cross my mind that tony uh sort of planted that money mm. is Actually, and this is kind of ridiculous, so stop me if you want to, but don't, because right, that's rude. No, nope, um, stop. Uh, is the, the overhead shot yeah. of the car stopping literally next to them mm. and throwing the money out the window. Yeah. And that, to me, is sort of just like, like, why, you know what I mean? Like, why would, if you're if you're being chased by the cops or, like, you think you're being tailed, why stop there, mm. you know? Yeah. And that's the only thing. And so the thing is like at face value the writing kind of makes me think, oh well, they it's it's a little bit of a shortcut writing wise. Yeah. Um but then you throw that shot in there and it makes me a little bit confused because like it does make it look intentional like someone was doing it right in front of them right on an empty street. Right. You know what I mean? Well, so it's it's interesting actually cuz um so this episode was directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who plays Elliot Kupferberg. Um, no shit. Yeah, this is, I think it's his first and only one he's directed. I, I, I don't. I'd have to double check, I guess. But um, can you he, imagine him sitting at the director's chair with his water bottle and the mesh <laughs> thing? Well, he's he's a very famous, talented director. So I mean, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I saw him on an interview at some point. And he always wears an ascot, and I fucking love it. <laughs> What's he hiding under there? <laughs> Shout out to Peter Bogdanovich. Um. He uh, and he did commentary for this episode on the on the DVD. If uh, it's I guess Blu-rays are the thing now, but um, and he mentioned those. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, generally when you are shooting something overhead like that, it is to kind of signify like a fateful thing, almost like a look down from above at you know, uh, you know, like a a look down from God's point of view, almost. Can you you give me another example that I might know? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I mean, just generally, (laughs) (laughs) generally, if you, I guess, just pay attention to that next time you're watching something. If something's shot from above, like Uh some directors will at least use that to kind of show a certain element of fatefulness. And so he, 
Oh, at that's least, a really interesting point. Yeah. yeah. He at least like accepted that, okay, this is kind of a little ridiculous. Let's shoot it in that sense to show that this is kind of a really strange, fateful coincidence, you know? So that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a little easy, I guess, but at the same time it, it, it serves its plot purpose and gets things moving. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the thing is that like, I, I, I can live with the sort of ham fisted aspect of this plot line yeah. because of where it goes and because Tony B kind of like I, they play it really well you yeah. know it, it is quick i agree I, I i agree it might be quick for some people's taste but there's a lot going on yeah we, we don't have all the time in the world <laughs> you know so yeah but like but the way that he kind of deteriorates really slowly where he's like oh i'm just having a little bit of fun i'm treating myself he's actually giving himself something that he sort of deserved from passing this massage parlor thing mm. you know he's a guy a who celebration. came out of prison he has an old mother like you know, if, if I passed that test, my mom would at least take me out to like fucking cheesecake factory or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like something, yeah. but they're, but they're broke. They don't have any money, you mm. know? And, and he's doing his best. And so like, I mean, I understand the, the kind of, uh, gosh, I, I forgot about all my words. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand the tendency that one might have to treat themselves. You know, it's like, mm. It's like you get a letter like, hey, your credit limit's been lifted. And it's like, well, I shouldn't spend all of this, but like, let's go out to dinner. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. And it's, 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 it's just interesting to me. I, I, and, and I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth it too. I, I can live with it. Um, yeah, agreed. On a lesser show, maybe not. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, that's true. That's very true. It's um, kind of a Breaking Bad sort of moment, actually. It sort of now is. Now that we're on that topic, it is a little bit, it, it's a, it's a bit. You know, a little it's, breaking baddie. It sort of is, yeah. Um, but again, just just how quickly he blows through it, and you know, it's just the fact that we don't linger on it. I guess helps it a little bit. And also, we've been lingering on it for so well, long. We have right? now, yeah. <laughs> but also, like we saw him, you know, missing the life in the, the past couple episodes. He sees Tony's mansion of a house, and it's just like, well, fuck. Why do I don't have? I'm sleeping in my mom's basement. You know. So it's it's. Yeah. I think the thing is, I mean, you know, if you've seen the show, and as soon as he gets introduced, you kind of know that like he's trying to go straight quote unquote let's see how long that lasts you know yes and so and he's doing such a good job right and he's he's right there you know he he gets yeah. like so many other characters um especially as we go on they seem to get more and more apparent like eugene almost getting to move to florida uh Vito essentially almost getting out tony getting shot and almost having a change of heart and then they all just come right back to kind of the life you know and the only person who gets out is junior <laughs> really i mean Pretty true. About it, yeah <laughs> uh yeah and i mean uh we gotta wrap up in a second but you know the one other thing i just want to bring this up because as no, we get no, okay. as we get closer to the finale i just want to keep thinking about this i that... stood up and i started tapping my foot and <laughs> just staring at brendan <laughs> he's blinking the lights um you know uh, this is again another episode where we see characters kind of think i mean as you were kind of saying earlier that they can just get this one, they're always kind of looking up and looking for the next thing to come into their life and thinking like that one thing that's going to come, come in the door next is going to be the thing that changes my life. And they're kind of in a way missing what's around them. I just want to say that that's that's totally a thing. And it's, and it's something that we all experience and that we all go through. And absolutely. And I think that the ennui of life is, is really what this show is about. You know, like the mob Mm, thing is, is certainly a great vehicle for it. And it's very entertaining. Right. But I mean, I think that this idea that we're, that people are like over strategizing 
right all the time you know and not yeah. see not eating what's on their plate it, that's a great way to put it yeah kind of uh it's like the john lennon uh quote i think that the, you know the life passes you by while you're making grand plans for it that he gets attributed that quote i'm not sure if he's actually said I that, that was eisenhower <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i've seen some facebook posts where that's been uh, attributed to john lennon i'm not totally sure but i don't know how many is. quotes i can i can i can believe on facebook None. For the, I mean, I just don't don't believe they're sourced properly. I mean, no, it could have been Gandhi, not. but like people get stuff wrong all day long. But on the internet, <laughs> but that's a good. Uh, um, I mean, we're certainly not perpetuating that stereotype by any means. Uh, no, of course not. Everything we say is well sourced uh, and uh, and fact checked and sure. vetted. Yeah, and very vetted. Extreme vetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else that we're? Uh, I mean, you know, this this is a story that will keep playing out over the next couple episodes. But Tony B is back. Tony Tony He's, B is back. The and boys he, are back, in and town. he asked for some sort of a cushion. Yep, and like I, that. And I love that. He's back to drinking vodka rocks. And yep. I mean, his backslide is. I mean, oh, you know what? We actually have to mention mm. the fish flopping. Oh yeah, <laughs> go. Okay, um, <laughs> I want uh, sushi now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's a it, it, this this whole fish out of water thing. I don't know. Is it yeah. is it uh, is it too on the nose? Is it? Isn't I guess the whole show is kind of on the nose. Give <laughs> me the whole episode. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The, the yeah. fish out of water thing, I think, is is on the nose a little yeah. bit. Also, um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention was Kim's daughter. Oh yes, and how like yes, yes, yes. and so uh, the, in the same way that we were talking about Carmela being out of her element or a fish out of water, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, with dating in general, mm-hmm. uh, these guys going to a legitimate business that a friend of theirs is starting up, they like, don't, they can't, they're, they're, they're like completely unhelpful. They yeah. don't, <laughs> they don't get what's going on. They're like, no, I could take care of that. And they're like, no, no, it's okay. We got this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking this seriously. You guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, I can't have it. But then Kim's daughter shows up and she's like going to do the books. And like, she's actually partnered with him. And Tony Blendetto, like, isn't even entertaining any of these cracks about her ass and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, these guys are used to hanging out at Satrials and the fucking Bing. Yeah. And they see a girl like that and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's not a legitimate person that works at this business. Yeah, that's just a, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a, a thing check. I can use, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, All right. That's the end of the character. podcast. She'll be back in the in the series finale. She comes, She's in the diner. <laughs> she's in the diner. She's yeah. in the diner. Um, so tell us what we missed on Twitter. Um, we have a couple questions. Didn't tweet out this week, unfortunately, but uh, have some leftover ones. Um, Here's where speaking of just crazy conspiracy theories, this one comes from Peach Pie at Little Internet. Um, Wait, that's a username? Uh, Peach Pie, yeah, at Little underscore Internet. I like that. Like there's an at sign in the thing? Yeah, on uh, on the Twitter. You know, you can do that? Well, right? Yeah. In your username? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Wait, there's an at sign in the middle of her username? Oh, no, I'm just saying that's her username is at Little Internet. Oh. Yeah. Um, cool. She's, she's, uh, her personal favorite Sopranos Reach theory that she has trademarked here is comparing the onion rings to the Eucharist, which is the uh, the body of Christ thing from Mass. Why, is that, a re- why is that a Reach theory? Uh, well, I think that, I mean, that's, that's, you have to be very much in the Tony dies camp, I think to, uh, well, I guess you don't have to be, but that was the thing no, that I came out. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. They eat them in one bite Yeah, and it's their, it's their, it's their sacrament. What yeah. the fuck do they call that in the church? Um, uh, communion. Yeah. It's their communion. Yeah. They're at the diner. They like, I don't know. A, who doesn't like onion rings? What the oh, fuck? I love onion little rings. internet. Well, <laughs> I mean, she's just saying, do you think that, I mean, cause a lot of people think that, that that's like a very intentional thing. Like there was the whole theory that, 
Um, if you watch that last scene, it plays out like a funeral, quote unquote. Like it hits like all the parts of Mass allegedly. I don't know if that's really. You know what I think true. it means is that Paul McCartney was dead mm. when they made Abbey Road. That's what it is, and that's part of it. And if you look, if you really listen to Abbey Road, Kaisha, <laughs> Ghosts, Haunting, Haunting, Your Ass, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yep. Oh, I never even thought of that. Onion rings. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's our answer. Little little internet. I mean, <laughs> th- th- I mean, this is the thing: is that like I think that I think that for something like that, to, I, I I I like to say I'm in no camp, you know. Yeah. But I'm definitely not in the Tony dies camp. And, uh, yeah. And I think that like the onion rings can represent communion. Yeah. But I, I think that it's also it also offers sort of a cadence to the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in in a way that doesn't necessarily mean. If so, what I'm saying is that it can be symbolic without saying he dies. Yeah, I guess right. That's kind of where I mean. We'll of course get to this, but that's kind of where I'm at with that too. Is that um, I think the death can be in that room without anyone getting killed, and I'm just not quite sure that there is actual funeral things going yeah. on. Like I've been feeling death in this room without <laughs> anybody getting killed. <laughs> um, here is one from at J Crazy Jim. Uh, your opinion on the scene where you are most disgusted with Tony? For him, it is the scene where he goads Janice about Harpo. I think coming up and. Uh, episode nine so the, the scene where you're most disgusted with tony soprano so you're saying so what i guess the what's scene, his name jim something uh at j crazy jim all right j crazy jim j jim so you mean that's worse than him murdering chrissy i was gonna say <laughs> that is my scene yeah i mean it's there's it's, a lot it's there's way, a lot it's it's way up there it's what yeah that's for me, the other thing is janice gives as good as she gets yeah i have I mean, I don't have sympathy for Chris really either, but I have very little sympathy for Janice in a lot of ways. I have, a, I have like a squeeze more sympathy for Chrissy. Yeah, but Be- there's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, uh, yeah, what else? I don't know. The scene where um, there was one recently. But, I mean, he's not a nice guy. No, <laughs> like, he's really I'm just not. realizing this. Like most scenes are kind of like, uh, yeah. Um, but the Chris, the the Chris get it the, when he kills Chris. That was that's pretty bad. I I remember like when we first started this podcast and we were watching just episode one or epi- uh, season one episodes. And then one night we were hanging out and just like threw that one on. We're like, let's watch the episode where Chris dies. And I just it's remember so being dark. like, oh shit, this like the first couple episodes are just like shenanigans. And then he's killing Christopher and just, and it really hit me just how dark and awful that scene is. And I think that has to be the one, but there are, there've been a few recently. I can't think of them right now where he's just also bad. I mean, he's, he's he's been, I don't know. uh, Yeah. Some of them are funnier than others. When Valentina's in the hospital and he has to take a phone call, that's pretty bad too. (laughs) uh, She's threatening to kill herself. (laughs) I I mean, that's just, that's just funny. That's just good comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) True. I I think it's gotta be him killing Christopher. I mean, I wish that I had something more insightful to say, but that it really is like, that's he, he, he like, you know, he finally crossed the line (laughs) in that scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes me sound like such an asshole. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. officially not getting my set of keys to check my mail while I'm out of town. Right. Good, good call. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up for us this week for uh, the old NFZ. We'll be back next week to talk about In Camelot, the episode I tried to watch last week for some reason and was totally wrong about. Um, <laughs> so you were two episodes ahead. Yeah. It was a strange feeling to go back. In Camelot is like... 
the, weird one. It's the strangest episode. It's a weird one. It's a flashback sort of episode. There's there's a, there's a couple long flashbacks in there. It's a it's a Livia episode in some ways, and uh, it's a she Johnny lives Boy on, episode. Man. J- Livia, John Boy, and and uh, meet. There's meat. a lot of meat. More, some more meat. And Junior gets out of the house for a quick funeral, which is always a fun party. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't get any Junior in this episode, did we? Yeah, no Junior. N- Barely any Tony. No Melfi. Uh, no I Bobby. Guess everyone, yeah, no Bobby. Everyone makes a couple little background appearances, but aside from that. No yeah. Adrian. Oh, Adrian is in it, but taking a little breather from um, the FBI story, which, of course, will come back in a very big way soon. Oh boy. All right. Well, All right. I guess we've got our work cut out for us. I guess we do. Uh, so, as always, follow on uh, the old Twitter, subscribe Look, on iTunes. Whatever. I'm tell sick a of friend, asking. Shout it for the, shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> Run up to a stranger and scream in their face that they should be listening to No Fucking ZD. Uh, but just scream No Fucking ZD. Yeah, just say that. Just say that. Stand up at a restaurant and just say those words and run out. But pay the bill first. Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back next week. Goodbye.